Welcome to the Glasses Half Full Talk Show. Let's face it, life can be tough in many ways. Here on the Glasses Half Full, we focus on how life is tough financially. Dealing with these financial realities can be a challenge. Essentially, we have to find ways to do more with less. Less money, that is. The show is focused on helping you discover ways to achieve that goal, even if you don't have a lot of money to work with. We'll be meeting people from many different walks of life. They'll share their stories and expertise. Looking to do more with less and maintain a positive attitude while you're doing it welcome to the glass is half full now let's join richard and his guests in the studio hi i'm richard killen welcome to another episode of uh, the glass is half full the show that tries to give you some ideas about how you can get a better bang for your buck no matter how limited that buck may be so today uh, my guest today is shiraz Founder of Energetic Magic, Shiraz is a life coach and energy facilitator, I'm reading this Shiraz, so I don't miss it, who believes strongly in the premise that our beliefs create our reality, not the other way around. He helps people destroy their limiting beliefs, thereby moving to a more positive reality. Welcome to the Glasses Half Full Shiraz. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. Um, I'm interested in finding out about this. Since, um, believe that everybody out there will be too. Uh, Shiraz is um, <clears throat> the uh, author of a book called How to Rewrite Reality yep. and hosts uh, the Energetic Magic Radio Show every Tuesday. So, Shiraz, I understand that the biggest lesson that life has taught you uh, is that uh, beliefs create reality. Your beliefs create reality. Yes. Right? Not the other way around. Uh, in accepting this, uh, this, this premise, um, you can get to a place where you can start actually changing your beliefs so that you can actually uh, make a positive, uh, change your, your reality to a positive situation. Yes. However, you haven't always uh, understood about this and believed in this, right? You, as a young adult, I think you underwent uh, some kind of an epiphany or something to, uh, that sent you on this journey. Can you, uh, can you tell us how this happened? I don't think the uh, epiphany was at a, a young, as a young adult, but the problem started as a young adult. How was it? So at 22 years old, I got rheumatoid arthritis. Really? And it was severe. I ended up being bedridden most of the time and lots of pain, all the joints inflamed and mm -hmm. deteriorating. Really? And you know, we tried different things, but the problem just persisted. I would sometimes go into remission, then come back full blown. And finally, after years going through this, I had a discussion with my dad and I said, I've had enough. Something has to change. Mm -hmm. And he recommended this program called Combined Therapy that was being done over in India. And he said they've had success with various illnesses, and not just arthritis. So I said, okay. So next thing I know, I'm on a plane, I'm going to India. I went to this place where they're doing it. And because it was in India and my father was a spiritual kind of person, I expected some guy to be doing this heal kind of thing on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I ended up talking to this guy for two weeks. And he went through my entire life story. And it felt like I was with a psychiatrist, except he wasn't trying to solve any issues. He was just gathering all this information. And finally, he said, okay, so here's the problem. You feel you're responsible for everyone in your life. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> he said, yeah, you do. From the stories you've told me and the stuff that's happened in your life, you feel you're responsible for everyone. And you may not feel it consciously, but it's there at a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And I said, so let's say that's true. What does that have to do with arthritis? He said, well, you don't want to be responsible for everyone. I'm like, obviously. 
said, so if you're lying in bed in pain, you don't have to be responsible. It's a solution for a problem you don't know you have. I see. And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> and he goes, but that's what chronic illness is. It's a solution for a problem people don't realize they have. I'm like, okay, so then all I have to do is say, I'm not gonna be responsible for anyone but me, and this should all go away. He said, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna be responsible for anyone but me. And of course, nothing happened. But then I woke up the next morning and the arthritis was gone. Really? Right? And like when I got up, it was just crazy because I'm like moving my hands, I'm checking my joints, there's no pain, everything's fine. And I'm like, what just happened? He didn't, didn't inject you with anything while you no. slept? No. <laughs> and that's when I got to that point that, wow, your beliefs do really create your reality. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing this with other people and I started playing with it. And there was one time I had, uh, I got a notice from CRA, you owe $40,000 in back taxes. I have, I've, seen, I've seen those notices. Yeah. <laughs> so you know how that just, ah! And for three weeks, I was trying to fix it physically, talking mm -hmm. to my accountant, talking to financial advisors, right. and they're all telling me I'm, I'm basically screwed. And then finally I thought, well, wait a sec, it's all around beliefs. So let me look into the belief of why I have this debt. And I managed to shift the belief. And then after I had that epiphany, shifted the belief, went over to see my accountant. And I'm like, okay, let's get this solved. And he goes, we've been talking about this. We can't get it solved. And, and, but deep down, I know, okay, I've changed the belief. It's about to shift. And he looked at me, he goes, why are you smiling? This is a serious matter. You owe $40,000. And then it was just like the awareness hit him. He goes, oh my God, if we file this form, we've got a paper trail for this. And he started going into all this accounting jargon. And he goes, so if we do that, then you'll have to pay a $500 late filing fee, but you won't have to pay the $40,000. Are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so it just, 10 minutes, it just went away. You know how many of my customers would like to have the same accountant? <laughs> He's actually if, a really if, good accountant. If not the beliefs. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And, um, and so then it, yeah. I found out this applies to your health, this applies to your income, this applies to your career, this applies to your relationships. And it's, once you find out what that belief is, which is usually not what you think it is, and you change that belief, reality just changes around you. And the glass becomes half full. Yes. Actually becomes full. <laughs> <laughs> I meant without adding any water. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Um, we, uh, how do we change our subconscious? You look at the results. All right. So if there's a problem that is not getting fixed, at a subconscious level, you want that problem. Right. And there's all sorts of reasons for it. Uh, for instance, uh, let's say you're living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a struggle to you don't know if you're going to be able to pay the rent with the next paycheck. You don't know if the next paycheck is going to last the whole month. Now, here's the hard part. At some level, you're getting a benefit out of that. And you have to figure out what the benefits are for living paycheck to paycheck. And I've, I've gone through this with many clients, and some of the reasons are just incredible. So one, one of my clients, her daughter, whenever there was extra money, her daughter would spend the money. She'd just go on the spending spree. And, and so at a subconscious level, she, she figured, if I minimize the amount of money we have, then I minimize how much my daughter spends. Mm -hmm. So that's what caused her to live paycheck to paycheck. Another one was... That's not necessarily a subconscious level uh, excuse, actually. And, well, you know, it, it can't happen. I've, I've had people explain that one to me many, okay. many times. Yeah. Okay. But, I, but I get it. it yeah. Normally it might be subconscious. Yeah. 
another one is if people are asking you to do things you don't want to do, well, I can't afford it. <laughs> right? yeah. That's a wonderful excuse to have. And the only way to make sure that you're not lying about it is to make sure you're living through yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. And this is the thing, the subconscious works to make things as, as true and as comfortable for you at that level, but it feels horrible at a conscious level. But how do you, how do you find out what that is? Because it's easy enough for um, a therapist or anybody to identify these things from the outside looking in. Yes. It's, when you're looking from the inside, it's very difficult to see. You have to get inter- introspective. Yeah, and how? you basically have to ask, okay, I know I hate the situation, but what are the benefits of being in the situation? And see what starts to pop up into your mind. Mm-hmm. Right? When I'm working with my clients, that's one of the questions I ask them, and then they, they start coming up, oh, I get to do this, or oh, I don't have to do this. And that, that reason can be more powerful than having money. So the, right. the secret really is to ask yourself the positive reason why you this negative thing is happening. Yep. Yeah. And one of the biggest ones is being right. People love to be right. And people will choose being right over being wealthy, over being healthy, over being in wonderful relationships, because being right feels so good. And whenever you're right, you actually get a hit of dopamine in your brain. So you can build a dopamine addiction on being right. Mm -hmm. And you just have to look around and see how many people function that way. How many times when even if the person knows they're wrong, but they just want to win the argument Mm -hmm. and somehow get some sort of being right in there, Mm -hmm. they just keep going. What do people learn in your program about the energy of money? They learn to... Well, it's called aligning to the energy of money. So they learn to align to it. They learn that money isn't a bad thing, which has been ingrained in a lot of people. We, we hear phrases like money is the root of all evil, right? Um, money ri- can't buy happiness. Money can't buy mm-hmm. happiness. Um, rich, rich people are evil. But you enjoy being unhappy more. Yeah. And, if you, and this is another way to find out that if you're living in these beliefs is what cliches come out of your mouth. The things you're saying, even if you think you're just using a cliche, that's subconscious programming or else it wouldn't come out of your mouth. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we get into these. Yeah, most cliches are. Yeah. 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 And so you end up saying things and you, know, you just have to watch some of the things that come out because like, one of the cliches that I, I, I will never use except in an example is you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. <laughs> like, if that's coming out, what kind of a life are you creating for yourself? Something called a catch-22. Yeah. yeah. And with, with money, when you start to shift into better money beliefs and get out of the negative money beliefs, then your life starts to change and money starts showing up. And in the, the classes I do, like Aligning to the Energy of Money, it's not just teaching you how to work with money. In the class, I work directly on the participants changing their beliefs in that class. Mm-hmm. So they come out different. The first time I ran that class, one of the girls called me She's, uh, it was two days after the class, and she said, I got a 10% raise at work. And she goes, I didn't know we could get 10% raises at work. Mm-hmm. And I said, cool, what else can you get? She goes, what do you mean, I just got 10%. I said, no, you're in that energy now. Go get another raise. She goes, I just got a raise. And she, I said, you can believe that you're stuck at that point, or you can believe you can keep going. It's up to you. And she was, she was happy, she was in the zone. She was like, okay, let's just do this. Two weeks later, she calls me, she goes, I got another raise. <laughs> and then six months later, she called me. I got another raise, mm-hmm. and it it just went from there. It was just amazing for her, but she started playing with it. You also say that um, 
Eighty percent of the time, our problems are not even about money. Right? Yeah. Can you expand on it? Uh, similar to what I said with the girl. Well, that was kind of money with the girl, her daughter spending money. But one of the most profound ones I I had, and I believe this is in the book. A woman came to me. She was making. She had been making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in her business, mm -hmm. and now she was down to thirty thousand dollars, and she couldn't figure out what was going on. Because I know how to run a business. I know what's what's going on. Like what's going on financially, but I don't know what's happening to money and where the clients are going. It's just, it's crazy. And one of the things I do when I work with people is I can really just sort of tune in to what's going on inside them. And when she was talking, just the phrase rich bitch came up over and over again. So I asked her, I said, what's wrong with being a rich bitch? And she said, well, her jaw dropped, mm -hmm. <laughs> color drained from her face. And she mm -hmm. goes, that's what my friends always used to call me. Mm -hmm. I said, so what happened is you made a subconscious decision, I'm never going to be called a rich bitch again. And your subconscious looked at it and said, well, I can't do anything about the bitch part, people are going to have their opinions, but I can do something about the rich part. Mm -hmm. So in order not to be called a rich bitch, she lowered her income to where she felt it was comfortable and no one would ever say that to her. And <laughs> this is, mm -hmm. it's, it's like it's all about that relationship. And it's our relationships with our families, it's our relationships with our friends. It's how we want to be seen by the world. It's all about understanding the underlying reasons why whatever is happening to us is happening. Mm -hmm. And at least in terms of what our contribution is to it. Yes. Right? Hmm. Interesting. The book you, uh, the book you wrote, um, what's it called again? How to Rewrite Reality? Yes. Okay. Um, what, what prompted you to write it? Or was there anything specific about it? There was a few things. I wanted, I wanted to get a book out there and I also, I go through the same sort of talk with people when I start working with them over and over and over again. And it's easier for me to say, look, read this first and then, <laughs> then we'll start working together so I don't have to go through all this. And it's, it, it isn't actually even what I expected to write because I started writing it and I, I came up with, I've always talked about things in terms of stories and what story you're stuck in, whose story are you, are you believing and trapped in. And the whole book turned into a metaphor of stories. So we talk about your backstory, we talk about your genre, we talk about your character archetype, dealing with plot holes, driving the narrative. Like these are all the chapters in the book. Mm -hmm. So it's, it makes it so simple, so it's, it's kind of a practical, kind of a spiritual book, but because of the metaphor, everyone can relate to stories. The book becomes completely relatable. Hmm. So, in, in a sense, it's a, a bit of an introduction to what you do. It's an introduction, but it also, people have read the book, and, and it's only been out a month, I've already been getting um, calls and emails from people saying that their life is changing as a result of reading the book, because they look at the world a different way now. Mm -hmm. So it helps change right from the, from the get-go, basically. Eh? Yep. Um, okay, how do we get this book? You can get it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and if... I always bring copies to any of my events, so if you come out to one of my events, you'll mm. be able to buy a book. Mm -hmm. I understand you brought some here. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I left them in the car. <laughs> I do it all the time, too. It's a good thing Barb brings these for me here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have uh, various programs, right? It's, yes. it's not just one type of thing that you do. Maybe it's one type of thing, but it's not just one. Uh, application, um, and uh, you're, uh, you're, you have a wide range of um, 
of pricing on this thing. Yes. You go from zero to 6,000. I do. <laughs> Can you explain that? Other than wanting to make it available to everybody. I mean. it, but that is it. I, I have a free monthly call um, the last Tuesday of every month uh, online. You just log in and, and I work on as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. And because I want to be accessible to everyone. The, these are tools that everyone should uh, use. And, and they're available for everyone. And they're available for everyone. I have, on YouTube, uh, you can get those, those free monthly calls that are actually audio recorded. Mm -hmm. And so I found that if I offered all my programs for, say, $50, people will come in and they'll create $50 worth of change for themselves. But the people that come in for the $6,000 program create 6000 or more. At that point, they're ready to say, oh, it's, I'm paying $6,000, but I'm expecting $100,000 or a million dollars worth of change. So that's, that's how it works. But until you get past that initial part where, first of all, you're, uh, if it's a money thing, you're in lack, so I, I can only go to the small programs. You get, you get those beliefs moved, shifted, so you, know, you can go to the bigger programs, and then it just amplifies. But my recommendation, if you're listening to any of my, um, my, my videos or coming out to my workshops, it's the same energy. The thing that shifts is you. So if you can get into a state that I'm going to one of Shiraz's $10 workshops, but I'm going to get a million dollars worth of value out of it, that can happen. And that has happened for people. Mm -hmm. But most people, they automatically associate $10, $10 worth of change. So in the sense, they're letting the reality yes. dictate their belief. Exactly. Yeah. So, but when you get them, you change that. I don't change them. I facilitate their change. Right? And this is what a lot of people don't get, is some people come to me and say, like, please help me, please help me. And I, and I will say no to those people, because I'm not trying to save anyone. The people I want to work with are the people that say, I'm sick of this. I need to change. Can you help me to change, as opposed to can you save me from this life I'm in? Mm -hmm. And those people that are in that space that I am going to change. I'm just asking you to help me along. Those are the ones that get the big change. Mm -hmm. We uh, actually have a lot in common on that. In my business, people come to me with major, uh, most of the time, major financial problems, debt problems. And uh, they, I think they come in very much with uh, what you're describing it and that uh, I will solve their problem for them and all that. Mm -hmm. When in fact, and I spend some time explaining this to people, no, I don't. I just, I just provide you with the tools you know, the understanding, if you want, you know, that allows you, that empowers you to solve your own problem. Yes. Yeah. And uh, when they finally get that, actually, I think they, uh, they, they very definitely take the, not just the immediate step that mm -hmm. uh, needs to be taken to solve the debt problem itself, because that's easy. I mean, that's, a, that's a legal, technical uh, process, really. Yeah. It's what goes on inside them and, you know, how they walk out the other end at the, when the process is finished. Right? Yeah. And uh, it's all about Beliefs changing reality, actually, yeah. that, not changing reality in that case, just giving them the reality that they uh, didn't realize they were seeking. Yeah. Yeah. The thing you're doing is, uh, is, in a sense, it's very easily understood, readily understood. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you're using words that well, everybody can understand. Yeah. <clears throat> Buying into it is a different thing, mm -hmm. uh, completely, and, and, and this you're seeing every day, I'm sure. Okay, but if there was one thing that you could tell everybody about what you do, about this whole thing, one message if you want, okay, what would it be? It's really about resistance. The less resistance you have to 
creating something, the easier and the faster it gets created. But most people don't get how resistance works. So if you look at it that you're, you're here <clears throat> and this is the best possible outcome and this is the worst possible outcome, most people say, okay, you know what, I'm willing to have anything along the scale all the way to here, but I'm only willing to go about this far. And the thing about resistance is it, this is like duality, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually exist. So if you're only willing to go this far in the bad stuff, you're creating enough resistance, you're only going to get this far in the good stuff. Okay. And, and when, you, when you get that, and you say, okay, you know what, I'm willing to go through a whole bunch of crap in order to get the wonderful stuff. The willingness is what's important. So when you're willing to go both ways, you tend to get what's over here because the resistance disappears. And I found this out myself because there was a point in my life where I was, you know, I was happily doing a six-figure lifestyle for most of my life. And then I said, you know what, I want to go to seven figures. So I started watching movies like The Secret, learning stuff from Bob Proctor, doing all these things, and thinking, okay, now my income is going to go to seven figures. But it, the anxiety kept building, so I know what that feeling is like. Mm. But it was at that point where I'd done that last payment. There's nothing left. There's no room left. There's no money coming in. And I said, you know what? I, there's nothing I can do right now. Right? I, whatever happens, happens. And I just let all that stress go. I let all the resistance go. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like crawl up into a ball and just like, I was just like, you know what, it, we'll just see what happens. And it just felt so much easier. And as soon as I did that, money started coming in again. Mm -hmm. And it was such a profound lesson to me that when you get into that place of just relax and, and get into more of, it's all going to work out. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. Then it does. It's crazy.